Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Give them all to 
to Jesus, shattered dreams, wounded hearts, broken souls. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus, and He will turn your sorrows into joy. I like this part. He never said you'd only see sun shine. He never said there'll be no rain. He only promised a heart full of singing about the very thing that once brought dreams, wounded hearts, broken souls. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus, and he will turn your sorrows into joy. Give them all, give them all, give them to Jesus, shattered dreams, wounded hearts, broken souls. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus, and He will turn your sorrows into joy. Give them Jesus, shattered dreams, wounded hearts, broken souls. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus, and He will turn your sorrows into joy. that you are heavy laden, or that you are better heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Thank God that we serve a God who takes us just as we are. Look, if God was waiting for us to be perfect before he accepts us, nobody can come. But in spite of our imperfection, he says, come. Come. Come unto me. All you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is no need to carry your burden. Give them all to Jesus. Shattered dreams. Oh yeah, shattered dreams. But he can turn your sorrow into joy. If you turn water into wine, he can turn your sorrow into joy. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Come, let's pray over the offering. We thank God for this service. And those of, those of you who are from Ghana, we thank God for peace. Hallelujah. Listen, don't take these things for granted. I mean, we really thank God for the peace. I mean, two people stand for election, somebody must win. But at the end of the day, peace won. 
because the trouble that could have happened, the disaster that could have happened, but we thank God for peace. The prayers of the saints were heard, and there's peace and stability. Hallelujah. So we thank God for the peace. Because don't, don't take it for granted. What was on the ground was dangerous. But peace prevailed. Hallelujah. That's why you have to pray for the Gambia. Pray for Gambia. Because what he's doing, he's setting up a groundwork for violence. You know, when you see those things, you must know that demons are at work. Okay, that guy is setting up the ground for violence. Mass killing. He's, he's trying to create another Liberia. And if you see any Liberia, they will tell you that war is the last thing anybody should the effect, because I've been to Liberia before, the effect of war. So when you say demons, you have to intercede against it. Hallelujah. Because at the end of the day, the nation shall be spoiled. Hallelujah. So we really thank God for peace. For stability and peace. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's all. As for who won and who lost, at the end of the day, somebody must lose, somebody must lose. Hallelujah. But it was good. I, 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 I think I commend both of them. They did very well. I commend Mahama for his acceptance, uh, for, for his concession speech. He gave a very good speech as a, space, as a statesman. It was very good. And I commend Nana Kufuadu for his acceptance speech. He gave a very unifying speech with his Oxford English. Fellow Ghanaians. <laughs> you can see that the man went to Oxford. Fellow, he didn't say Ghanaians, so. Fellow Guineans. <laughs> it's like, where are you from? <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's good. Peace won. And there's stability. And your relatives are safe. The Bible says you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. For in the peace thereof, we have our peace. Our headquarters is in Ghana. Therefore, we pray for the peace of it. And because of that, we are safe. Hallelujah. So we are grateful to God. But pray for the Gambia, I tell you. Pray for it. Because you can see demons in people's eyes. But we cancel it in the name of Jesus. Stability in the sub-region, we pray for. Hallelujah. Wonderful. I'm about to share with you, enjoying life. Oh, and I have another, uh, next week Sunday, God willing, we're going to have the Apostle General here. <laughs> Apostle Joel, we are working on it. You may have it. Yes, Apostle Joel will be here, God willing, next week Sunday. Hallelujah. I'll give you the details. Apostle himself will be here. The chairman of the bishop council. We'll show him our church in the city. Hallelujah. So get ready for next week Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Father, we thank you for your word. You sent forth for your word. And you heal our diseases. You say they came to hear and be healed. This morning, let healing occur. Let our mind be renewed. May our spirit be fed. And Father, may our life be different. Father, I go down on my knees and I pray for this congregation. The Bible said there was a difference between Goshen and Egypt. Father, as we come here Sunday after Sunday to hear your word, let our life be different. May people see the blessing upon our life. And may they say, Whatever God you said, I will follow you to seek that God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Your life will be different. Amen. I say your life will be different. 
you will not serve God in vain. All right, enjoying life in the church. Hallelujah. All right. It's not good for man to be alone, God said. Hallelujah. And uh, like I keep on telling you, church is voluntary. So if you come to church, you must enjoy it. You see, why should you come to something that is voluntary and be stressed? Hallelujah. And if you, just, if you just care to know, on your way to this place, you pass, you pass by a lot of churches. And you paid a lot of toll. So if you are here, believe God to be, enjoy it and be blessed. I say, believe God to enjoy it and be blessed. Hallelujah. And uh, the Bible also says that our fellowship is with God and with one another. Do you hear me? Our fellowship, see? Our, if, if, if we walk in the light, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. Hallelujah. So Christianity is believing in God and belonging to one another. Hallelujah. That's Christianity. You cannot say that I believe in God, but you don't belong to your brother. You see, when you say, when you, say you don't belong to your brother, then you are suffering from the sin of Cain. When God came to ask Cain, where's your brother? He said, am I my brother's keeper? Where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? But if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be your brother's keeper. Tell your neighbor, you are my keeper. Say, you are supposed to watch over me. And I watch over you. That's Christianity. Hallelujah. So it's believing and belonging. Are you here with me, church? Look. So when you hear people talk that, I don't need you. I don't need anybody. Look. People who talk like that, I don't need anybody. I don't need you. Listen. You are ignorant. You, have, you, you are ignorant. It means you have not been around. That's why you talk, I don't need anybody. I, can, I don't need anybody. I don't care about anybody. No, you are ignorant. That is one. And two, you are arrogant. Either you are ignorant or arrogant. Or you are both ignorant and arrogant. <laughs> yeah. Because you find that, listen to me, no matter who you are, you need somebody. We are the sheep of his pasture. You, God created us to fellowship. You will need somebody. Unless you have not been around for a while. You will need somebody. At the end of the day, you need somebody. At the end of the day, somebody has to help you. Somebody has to support you. Somebody has to open the door for you. Somebody has to pray for you. You will need somebody. So don't talk like, I don't need anybody. You need somebody. Even if you die, somebody has to carry your body to the grave. <laughs> If you, yeah. And if you die. If you, if you like, try carrying yourself to your grave when you die. Yeah. You need somebody. So, it is ignorant and arrogant people who talk like that. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is why. That is why that, that, that Zambian proverb is very true. If you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we need one another. Tell your neighbor, I need you. And you need me. Say, I need you. And you need me. Yeah. In fact, tell the person, look, you cannot go far without me. 
Tell the person, you cannot go far without me. If the person is your husband or wife, shake him and say, hey, you cannot go far without me. Please. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to you? Yeah. The church, you see. Hallelujah. So let me continue talking about, you see, the benefits of being the church. Okay? There's a benefit in being the church. Hallelujah. Why you must belong to a church? Because I'm preaching against the common, you see, the world is becoming an isolated world. Everybody minding their own business. Everybody think they are lonely. I can do it by myself. Let me tell you something. God not created us. That's actually evil. We need one another. I say we need one another. That is why you must belong to a church. So anybody who is saying that, oh, you can serve God in your own apartment, it's a lie. It's a lie. You just watch the, see God, I mean, I mean you, you watch the gospel channel and then you pray. It's a lie. You need a church. You need a family. Hallelujah. Benefits of belonging to the church. One, it identifies you as a genuine believer. Belonging to a church identifies you as a genuine believer. So you are not a genuine believer if you don't belong to a church. And so I'm a believer. I stay in my house. I pray. You are not genuine. Ephesians 2, verse 19. Ephesians 2, 19. It says, Now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. When they gave their life to Christ, you say, You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. You see, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Everybody say fellow citizens. Say fellow citizens. They say you are fellow citizens with the saints. And the house and of the household of God. So when you belong to a church, you become a fellow citizen with the saints. So that's what makes you a genuine or an authentic Christian. So you cannot be a Christian and not come to church. I don't belong to any church, but I'm a Christian. No. That's a lie. Fellow citizens with the saints. And here the saints. The, the saints here does not mean St. Peter and St. Paul. No, no, no. You are the saints. I say you are the saints. You don't believe that you are a saint. You don't believe it. You think when you die, then you become a saint. Most of you are me a saint. Yeah, you are a saint. Yeah. You are Saint Lydia. Saint Jeff. Saint Joe. Saint Joseph. Saint Francis. Saint Abeku. Saint Abeku. A saint. Because the Bible said that the Bible said that the letters written to the saints. So the day you become a Christian, you are also, you are also referred to as a saint. So you can call your brother, call your neighbor by the name and ask him to it. I said, call your neighbor and not send to it. Some of you cannot, cannot add the send to it. I said, add the send to it. Yeah. Fellow citizens with the saints. 
Saint Michael, Saint Michael. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. You are following what I said. Saint Ruby. Yeah. You have, that's what the Bible says. Saint who? Huh? Saint Amma. <laughs> huh? Saint Amma, yes, you are a saint. That's what the Bible says. So, belonging to a church brings you into the sainthood. That is why don't believe that lie that you can be a Christian without belonging to a church. It's not true. Fellow citizens, we're the saints. Fellow citizens, we're the saints. Hallelujah. So, belonging to a church, ident- you see, it is, the, it, it, is, it is a church that identifies you as a genuine believer. Hallelujah. So a church gives you a place for you to be identified as a genuine believer. Yeah. Saint. Fellow citizens with the saints. Yeah. Yeah. Saints. Saint Bediaco. It's heavy. Saint Bediaco. <laughs> saints. Hallelujah. Identify you. St. Charles. That sounds English. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm a saint. Amen. Wonderful. Number two. Belonging to a church. I'm giving the benefit of belonging. It provides it provide a spiritual family that will support and encourage you. The church provides a spiritual family that will support and encourage you. Galatians chapter 6. It's a short message. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Verse 2. Be ye one and bear ye, bear ye one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye. The Bible God says that we should bear one another's burden. And one last week I talk about one of the one the one another's. Okay, one of them. Support one another. A church is a place where we are supposed to support one another and encourage one another. Bear ye one another's burden. That is why I said last week that it would be a shame for somebody in this church to go through a problem all by himself and nobody knows. Nobody should be admitted in, in the hospital in this church and nobody knows about it. Nobody should walk to the OR alone. Nobody should lose somebody. We are supposed to bear one another's burden. And I said, you see, a church is supposed to, we are supposed to care and bear one another's burden. And I tell you, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Bear one another's burden. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. The saints are supposed to bear 
Be there for me. Tell her, tell her, you, tell her, be there for me. Sometimes she runs away from me, but tell her, be there for me. I'm prophesying, be there for me. Bear one another. Burden. And, so, and the Bible calls it the law of Christ. And so fulfill the law of Christ. So being a church, a Christian who is not concerned about anybody else by yourself. If we are in a church, then we are supposed to bear one another's burden. We are supposed to visit one another. Be together. Support one another. And sometimes, you see, it's not, it's not, it does not necessarily mean financial, but sometimes it has to be financial. But not necessarily financial. Bear one another's burden. And so fulfill the law of Christ. If somebody is supposed to, if somebody is having an outdoor and we are supposed to go there and be happy with the person. Nobody in this church should have a party that nobody here goes. You have a party but nobody from the church came. No, it's some way. Hallelujah. That's what I was talking about, the one another. Okay? Support one another. Love one another. Last week I talked about love one another. It's, it's a new commandment I gave you. That you should love one another. That's what the Bible says. And I even told her, uh, uh, another one another, you should, call, you should speak to one another often. I wonder how many call one another during the course of the week. Who got a call from another member last week? You got a call from somebody, like a church member? Okay. Who didn't get a call? Nobody called you. Look. Yeah, it's serious. Nobody could. Honestly, I was thinking about you of last week, though. It's my fault. Last week, I was thinking about you. I was thinking of so, you're so much on my mind. Maybe the Holy Spirit was telling me to call you, so I'll call you. Forgive me. <laughs> yeah. Call one another. Hallelujah. Bear one another's burden. Hallelujah. Go back to the Ephesians. Yeah. Support one another. Listen. It says that, look, that, no, Ephesians, what we're reading, 2, 1 and 9, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, Galatians, sorry. It said, said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fault, you see, if, you see, you which are spiritual. So, what is also said that uh, the, the church is also a place of restoration, not condemnation. Oh, I think you should clap more for the Lord, I tell you. The church is a place of restoration. Over here we restore, we don't condemn. So if somebody had forced, if somebody is overtaken in a fault or forced into a sin, our duty is to restore the person. Not say, oh, she's pregnant. We don't know the father. Hey, please shut up. You do know your father. <laughs> do you know your father that you are going to? Do you know your father? No. We are supposed to. You see, Moses, restore. If you overtaking the fault, you which are spiritual. Spirituality, see, being spiritual is to restore, not to condemn. If you are a spiritual person, somebody who prays a lot and read your Bible, when somebody sins, your first thing that, you, how can I correct this person back? That is spiritual. 
So those who goes around, Kalama Sokata, Mama, Sister So and So, you are in sin. The Lord, the Lord, you are in sin, and you are not pleasing to the Lord. You are not spiritual. No matter the tongues you speak, you are not spiritual. If you are spiritual, you say, Sister So and So, I know it's, it's unfortunate, it's a difficult situation, but let me say we all make many mistakes. And the Bible says that if any man, if, if you confess your sins, his faithful and righteous will forgive you and cleanse you from all sin. So I know what you did. Even though it's embarrassing, I don't endorse it, but I still think that God forgives you. Come back. That is a sign of spirituality. Not, not that. Some people are in the congregation. And by their action, they are bringing the curse of Achan into the church. It's because of their behavior that they have not seen any anointing. And we come, we burn them with the fire of God. Hey! You who are spiritual, restore. So, so one of the places to run to, you see, I'm teaching you, church, enjoy church. One of the places to run to when you sin, you fornicate, you make a mistake, it's to the church. Don't run away. Rather, you're supposed to run to the church, not run away, so that you can be restored. Amen. Yeah, who are spiritual? Yeah. No, you see, we, we, we don't condemn people here. Okay? A church is not a place of condemnation. Nobody should condemn anybody. Even though, even though what you did was wrong, okay, even though what you did was wrong, as a church, we rebuke you in private, but we support you in public. Oh, yeah. There are some people I have rebuked in private. That what you did was wrong. I don't approve of it. But in public, I support you. As church. Spirituality. Ye which are spiritual. Restore such a one. In the spirit of you see, in the spirit of meekness. In the spirit of meekness, as you are even correcting the person, you know that Charlie. You are yourself, you are in danger. This fornication that you are accusing her of. Know that look. If that same brother has come your way. The only thing that you are not, you are not as beautiful as her. That's why the brother didn't come. <laughs> but don't 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 think that you are spiritual. Rather, rather, considering thyself, look, as for sin, eh? You see, that's why Jesus Christ when he said that, lead us not into temptation. You must always pray God not to lead you into temptation because some temptations have not come your way. Now you think you are holy. Now you think you are righteous. But a certain temptation can come your way. You know that, hey, even at your age, you can sin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? So, depending on who comes, it's in levels. It depends on who comes. Yeah. So, so our duty is to restore. Me, I tell people all the time, if you go and for the come and tell me, I'll rebuke you in secret, but I'll correct you. 
The only thing I will not do is that I will not let you do certain spiritual things because you are contaminated, but I will still... <laughs> I will give you a season of purification. When you are purified, I will bring you back. Because I also believe in spiritual things. No, seriously, no, no, no. A little living, leavened the whole lamp. So, I, even though I will not... I, 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 because I'm spiritual, I will say, oh, I don't think you can handle this particular thing. But it does not mean that you are out. Just racism. Hey, Reverend, okay, now I understand. So, I'm not giving you a license to go and fornicate. I beg you. Understand the scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting blessed? Yeah, it's a place of restoration. Support one another. Amen. Yeah. Number three. A church or belonging to a church, it gives you a place to discover and use your talents. You have no about it. Yeah. A church gives you a place to discover and use your talents. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 6. First Corinthians 12, 4 to 6. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all. The Bible said there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. One of the benefits of belonging to a church is that it gives you a place. It gives you a place to actually showcase your talents. Yeah. A church gives you a place. A place. Hallelujah. To showcase your talents. Now there are diversity of gifts. A church gives you a place. Some of you didn't know you could sing until you joined the church. You didn't know you could sing. But the church gave you a place. Some of you didn't know you could, you could even lead. But the church gave you a place. That is why there should be nobody in this church who does not belong to a ministry. No, no, no. Everybody can do something in the church. Hallelujah. You shouldn't be in this church not belonging to anything. Last week, last week, another ministry was formed. Kail Keepers of the House. It's a beautiful ministry. And so because of that, they take care of all the, they take care of the toilet, the bathrooms. This morning when I went there, even the way their place has been cleaned and the soaps that they have put there, I said, wow! I didn't know there were such gifts in the house. Even the way they have arranged the things in the basket so that you can wipe your hands. I said, hey! lotion, everything. I said, wow. You see, people are displaying their gifts. It gives you a place. So I realized that everybody can do something in the church. In fact, when I went to the bathroom, I said, wow. But by the, by the way, catch boys and girls. When you, don't, steal the, don't steal the... Okay, I beg you. Don't take it. Don't put anything in your And then two, catch for boys and girls. When you go and when your baby poops and change the diaper, don't put spoiled diaper in the toilet or in the sink. Where are you from? Where are you from? It is common 
courtesy for boys and girls. You're supposed to carry a dirty lamp. If you have a child, you're supposed to carry a dirty bag whereby you wrap your things and put it in so that when you go to your house or whatever, you can drop it off. Don't leave dirty diapers in toilets, in public toilets. It shows that I don't know where you come from. Who trained you? Who's your mother anyway? Sketchy. <laughs> That is, why, that is why in the civilized world, even when you have a dog, you're supposed to carry a dirty, so that when the dog poops, you carry it. In Manhattan, that's why in Manhattan they require it. But in the Bronx, it's not required. <laughs> so please, I was very, when I went downstairs, I was, I, I, I was very pleased with the appearance of the place. God bless the Kayuki person. There are diversities of gifts. Some of you don't know that you can even lead. But the church gives you a place. So nobody should be here without joining any ministry. And sometimes even, you, see, you may not even know what you can do, but the pastor can guide you. The pastor can look at you, do this. The pastor can say, look, look at me. Because some of you, some of you, you have a natural smile. So I can say, oh, because of that, join the welcome team. Because by nature, you are a pleasant person. And some of you too, you are melancholic. You don't look. A to B to C. Very organized. So, okay, so based, based on that, join maybe the arrangement team. You see, they arrange the thing. Color code them. If I give this one to a sanguine, it will not work. So it's a gift. And some of you, you are cholerics. You can leadership. So when we have something bad, a difficult situation, we send you to go and insult all the people for us. <laughs> we'll go and blast them for us. Yeah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. You don't even know. And you know the beauty, you see, the beauty of this particular aspect Sometimes the things you do in church benefits you in your secular world. Yeah. That's all. The opportunity God gives you to serve in his house sometimes benefits you. Hallelujah. Yeah. We had one brother. I think we had one brother. Quite a number of Quite a number of One brother was one of the pastors in London. He was looking for a top job. He was just a lay pastor. He was looking for a, top, a good job. And went for an interview. And the way he was speaking, you know, after, when they hired him, they said, they called him and said, oh, we hired you because you seem to be a very good communicator. Say you are a very good communicator. You were, you were very impressive with your interview because you, seem, you come across as a very good communicator. So later we asked the pastor, say there. So later somebody asked him, what happened? How come they found you a very good man? So look, when, when he was going to, as he was being interviewed, he just tuned his mind like, the people who are interviewed are like my congregation and I'm preaching to them. Because he preaches all the time. He suddenly is like my, so suddenly, it gives me a certain confidence. A good communicator. Yeah. Leadership. Even Natasha had testimony. You see, what she did in church translated into her job place. So sometimes what you do in church 
benefits you in your secular world. It actually opens a door for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. One of the things, like me, I'm a doctor. Even me, I benefit a lot by being a preacher. Because sometimes, sometimes the nurses used to wonder that, how come that everybody's so stressed and screaming that come? They always wonder. And I realized that I, by nature, I wasn't like that. I wasn't born like that. No, I wasn't born like that. But because of ministry, always counseling people, always talking to people, so I seem not to be ruffled. Sometimes I see some of my colleagues so stressed, and I was like, why are you so stressed? And I realized that it's because of the ministry. So I am more, see, I can, I can deal with wild situations. So when people are freaking out, I'm calm. And it's because of what I do in church. So sometimes what you do in church actually benefits you. Amen. Yeah, that's why you're Some of you are good decorators. Do something. Belong. Hallelujah. It gives you a place. I say it gives you a place. A child gives you a place. The people who pray. The people who pray. You see, even the fact that you pray in church sometimes enriches your prayer life. Every Sunday morning until we could have failed. 8.30, she's there starting. And I'm beginning to feel the spiritual impact. I can see that something is dropping on the church. Those who pray at 8.30, God bless you. I really appreciate you. Because I'm a spiritual person. Suddenly when they started, well, since we started that 8.30 prayer, I'm beginning to see a certain breakthrough. So God bless you and keep on praying. I say keep on praying. Hallelujah. Technical people. You can do something. Amen. People who sing. Sometimes you don't even know that because you sing in church, that is why a certain shyness has been taken away. And a certain confidence had come. So in your school, in a place, you, you stand up and are standing because you sing. Hallelujah. Yeah. It gives you a place. Amen. Wonderful. That's number. How many have I given you? The fourth point why you must belong to a church. A church gives you, you see, belonging to a church gives you, this one you will like it, it gives you spiritual protection and guidance. You see, belonging to a church gives you spiritual protection and guidance from godly leaders. Hebrews 13. 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do with joy. He said, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourself. For they watch. One of the benefits of belonging to a church is that it, it gives you somebody to watch your soul for you. It gives you a covering spiritually. A pastor is also a covering. 
somebody watch over your soul. Yeah, that's what you don't know. Always praying for you. Your head is always covered. Because somebody watches over your soul. That's why I say, obey them. That have problem with you. And submit you. For they watch for your souls. Another, type, another name for a pastor is a soul watchman. You don't know that because of the pastor you have. That is why certain things did not come your way. If you like, remove yourself from that covering. He that breaketh the hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Oh yes, a good place to put on. Yes. Have you wondered how many times you have gone scot-free in spite of your mistakes? Don't you think that somebody is watching over you? And God is saying, look, somebody needs to watch your, your soul. Oh yeah, I'm always praying for you. Sometimes I saw somebody's name, I'll pray for the person. I'm always praying for you. The pastors are always praying for you. And let me tell you something. You need covering. Say, cover my head, Lord. Say, cover my head, Lord. You need covering. I tell you, you need covering. No matter who you are, you need some spiritual covering. You need somebody to intercede for you in the night. The watch for your soul. So, it is very dangerous not to have a pastor. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. And your pastor cannot be a television pastor. They don't even know your name. How can I be your pastor? You need somebody you can put out, this is my pastor. And he watches over my soul. That is why, even as a pastor, when something happens to somebody, I feel so sad. I say, what happened? Sometimes I take the blame. Say, was I asleep? The watch over your soul. I have a pastor. And I'm always happy he watches over my soul. They watch. Yeah. Don't joke with it. You need covering. I say you need covering. I say you need covering. You need somebody to watch over. If you know that things that fly by night. May you be covered. I say may your head be covered. I say may your head be covered. That is why when people look, almost, what, almost every time, almost every Sunday, someone will come and say, Reverend, I'm traveling. I'm here every Sunday. And the reason why they come and see me, not to tell me, they, they, are, not, they are not giving me information about where they are going, but the reason for that message is they need covering. So every Sunday after Sunday, look, you should not be in this church and travel without me knowing. Because somebody has to intercede in the air for you. Somebody has to lift up a lamentation for you. Angels have to be deployed on your behalf. People are calling me all the time. From the airport. I pray for them. When I'm traveling, I call Bishop. I call Apostle Joel. I call. I need covering. I need covering. When you're going for a job interview, let somebody pray for you. You need a pastor to pray for you. To watch over your soul and intercede for you. Don't go naked. I am telling you, don't go naked because you will fail. Because there are many adversaries, many battles, and you need to be fortified before you go. That is why you need to belong to a church and let somebody pray over your soul.
Hallelujah. They watch over your soul. Yeah. That's what it is. We cover you. We cover you. We cover you with our prayer. You're going to write an exams. Please call. Call. Even, even, you see, I'm not saying don't pray for you. Pray for yourself. Okay? Pray for yourself. Believe God. Make your good confession. But after that, desire something higher to cover you. Are you hearing me? Because even though all prayers are the same, all prayers are also not the same. Even though all prayers are the same, one breath, all prayers are also not the same. That's why God will tell Abraham, that's why God will tell Ahimelech, go to Abraham and let him pray for you. Hallelujah. Go to write an exam, ask for prayer. Interview, ask for prayer. Going to the hospital, ask for prayer. Going for and whatever, ask for prayer. That's the duty of a pastor. Watches over your soul. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why, that, you see that? Somebody said, in life, in life, you need a lawyer and you need a doctor. I agree. That's why everybody has a doctor. And everybody has a lawyer. I don't know whether you need a lawyer, but a doctor maybe. A lawyer, I'm not sure. <laughs> but they say you need one. So, but I say that you need a pastor. I say you need what? I say you need what? So, yeah. yeah. And after you get your lawyer and your doctor, get a pastor. That's more important than anything else. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's my duty to pray for you. That is why every Sunday, when is your birthday, you come here and I pray for you. At least, I must have one occasion to lay hands upon you. To pray for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. We come by with a word and prayer. Okay? And we guide you. See, we, all, see, we guide you with spiritual See, we also guide you. A pastor guides you with the word of God. And let me tell you something. You need guidance. I say you need what? I say you need what? Yeah. Guidance. Guidance, man. You need guidance. So what 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 a, a pastor? Having a pastor means that he will also guide you with the word of God concerning that decision. With the word of God. Guidance. Okay, yes. Oh, you know, I've seen this sister. You have seen it. Yes, she's Coca-Cola shaped. Fine, that's what you want. But a pastor needs to guide you with the word. Even though she's Coca-Cola, in fact, the way her tongue is, you have to be careful. Guidance, man. You are quiet. You are here. You need guidance. You need somebody. You see, godly leader, somebody to guide you. That this job, even though this job looks good, 
I mean, guidance based on the word of God, I'm sure you have to be a bit careful. It may look, it may look good initially, but be very careful compared to what you had before. Guidance based on the word. That even though the salary is a lot, the Bible says that a handful is with peace is better than two hands with vexation. In fact, even though this job is good, it looks more, but from what you are telling me, it looks like there's going to be a lot of stress and a lot of difficulties. And based on the word of God, that says that a handful with peace is better than two with vexation. Go for this one and go this one. Guide you with the word of God. Say guidance, man. Say guidance, man. You need guidance. Hey, look, nobody in this church should marry without guidance. <laughs> Don't ever make the mistake of marrying this church. Yeah. Don't. Guidance. Yes, because as you are looking at the shape and the breast and the backside, oh, Reverend, oh, careful, 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 guidance, guidance, oh, Reverend, oh, guidance, let guidance, man, let somebody guide you. That the virtuous woman, let us guide you with the virtuous woman. The Bible says he rises up early to make food for his house. This girl will, she sleeps and wakes up at ten o'clock in the morning. Guidance, man. <laughs> She's getting up. So you need a pastor to guide you. That look, it's, I mean, hey, the shape is nice, the breast is nice, but look, those things after maximum six months, you see that they'll pass away. Now, guidance can she cook? Can she cook? Guidance, man. You need guidance. Somebody has to guide you. With the word of God. With the word of God. Guidance. And that's what what a church does. A pastor guides you with the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. As you feel like, look. Right? I'm telling you. This man. This man. Something does not happen. I'm going to be in jail because I'm about to kill him. <laughs> a pastor, you need guidance for a pastor to guide you instead of listen to me. One, you don't talk like that. <laughs> and two, don't desire to be a murderer. And then three, the Bible says that a soft answer turneth away wrath. So instead of saying that stupid man, if he's like, come. Why don't you say, honey? What did you say again? A soft answer. <laughs> because the person is already angry. And you are going to say something. I mean, the man is angry. And then you come. Listen, if you're a man, hit me. If you're a man. The person is already annoyed. If you're a man. Foolish man, if you're a man, touch me. If you're a man, touch me. So, what will he do? I said, What will he, what do you expect him to do? All that he will do that he will put his hand in his pocket and he will feel that, Oh, I'm still a man. 
To guide you. The pastor will come and, and solve the problem, but the slap cannot be taken away. <laughs> guidance. I say guidance. Yeah. No, don't, don't make the mistake. Don't, 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 don't marry those type of people. You need guidance. Yeah. That's what the church does. Look, and what I'm trying to share with you is that we don't insist. I don't insist. Any good pastor does not insist. Okay? We don't insist. We just guide you. At the end of the day, you take the decision. I cannot insist that do this. No. I'll just guide you. Even God does not insist. So I'll just show you. Guidance. You want to marry? Look, I can take marriage. Eh? You see, one lady wanted to marry. Young lady in love. I'm in love. So no problem. And everybody is saying that oh, it's no good. You shouldn't marry the guy. And I said no. Do you know why? They say it's no good. It's okay. Don't marry him. Because the guy is lazy, doesn't work. I'm telling you, the guy doesn't work, doesn't want to work. So all her friends are saying, listen to me, don't marry him. Because he's lazy, doesn't want to work. So they are counseling against the marriage. And I told them, you can't say that. They said, Reverend, why? I said, no. There are types of marriages. There are different types of marriages. There are marriages that the woman takes care of the man fully. And it's beautiful. I've seen that before. I've seen it before. The guy in their house, where the woman they go come. Cool. <laughs> and the man takes good care of the house. I've seen some before. I have seen some before. And I've seen one too that the woman in their house, where the man they go. And it's peaceful. And I've seen the one to that both go and both come. And it's peaceful. So there are types, there's no one particular. So I told them that you can't say it, no. Rather, I called the girl, I told them, I know about some go and tell her that is she prepared to look after a man for life? If she has that personality and that heart, go ahead. But if she's not prepared, then my answer is no. But if she's prepared, then my answer is yes. That's my answer. I said, it's a type of marriage. So if you are prepared, and I had two young ladies that I gave that counsel, one of them came back to me and said that, Reverend, based on what you said, I am not interested in looking after anybody. I'm out. <laughs> That's it. And I commanded her, he said, I am not interested in looking after anybody for life. So, I'm out. I said, God bless you. She cannot, he said, Reverend, I cannot do this. And she was, I said, you're out. And the other one, I will marry him. He said, go ahead. It was their types. 
So, so my, my thing is that, you see, you need counsel. That's what I tell you, look. One has been a pastor for a while. I have married people, I've married for a long time. Nobody in this church will marry without coming to ask me. At least you need one word from me, guidance, man. I can tell you. At least one, I can tell you. Because they think they are types. So, based on your personality, you fit into a particular type. This other sister, young lady, he said, Reverend, it's not going to work. That me go to work and take care of a man for the rest of my life. I said, God bless you. <laughs> yeah! The other one also said that, no problem. I, I like him. He said, he's good looking and I'll take the good looks over. That's what he, that's what he said. The guy is good looking. I said, it's true. Very good looking guy. You're prepared to take care of him. One, 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 pastor, one lady pastor told me, that, oh, this is my husband. We use him for greetings. <laughs> These are two stories. I'll tell you two stories. He says so. Like, because the guy doesn't work. That's what But when the guy wears a suit, he looks good. So we take. That's all. So, in Chia's greetings, it's like the man is so good, even though he doesn't work. Nobody knows about it. So, when we are going for like work function, work part of it, and the guy wears a suit and is following me, he says, Wow! So, she's prepared to work over time so they can get a husband who takes for greetings. So, if it's a, a greeting type of husband that you want, it's also okay. I will recommend you, but I will tell you your choices and then you choose. JQ. And some men too are like that. I know some women too, some men too. They are just looking for a beautiful wife. Listen, they are types, so they all work. I know some men who said, I look, Charlie, may my wife. <laughs> just following me with your makeup is enough. And because of that, they set regulations. They said, look, you cannot go beyond this size or that size. Once you stay within this perimeter, I'll work and take care of you. That type also work. So it's guidance. My duty as a pastor is to tell you what type you are going in for. And if you choose for that type, I'll bless it. And it works. Because what I don't like is I didn't know. You didn't know? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Are you getting there? Are you getting a message? Yeah, we guide you. Hallelujah. Number five, the last one. We need to close. We need to close. A church also gives you a place. You see? A church gives you a place where you will be held accountable. Belonging to a church also gives you a place where you will be held accountable. Yep. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5, 21. Submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Let me tell you something. Anybody who does not want accountability 
Anybody that want, don't want to be accountable to anybody, anybody you are wayward and a bastard. It's only a wayward person and a bastard who does not want accountability. Everybody needs somebody that you are accountable to. And one of the benefits of belonging to a church, it gives you a place where you are accountable. Somebody, somebody to, who you are accountable to. It is only bastards who don't want accountability. They don't want to submit to anybody. They want to be a law unto their own self. That is why the prodigal son, the Bible says, he, the prodigal son, he left into a far country. It's prodigality. He doesn't want to hear his father's voice at all. And if you are prodigal, you don't want anybody to say that what you are doing is wrong. Accountability. It's the prodigal son. The prodigal son, that boy, he left to a far country. And let me tell you something. Prodigality. I always tell people who don't want to listen to advice or be accountable. I say the prodigal son. The prodigal son. Okay? Even though it hurt his father that he left. Because the father felt the father was the father it hurt his father that he left. But the one who ate with the pigs was the boy, not the father. you don't want to listen. You don't want to be accountable. You can go. But I tell you, we'll feel sad. We'll have some pain in our heart. But as we're eating pig food, I will not eat it. You will eat it. <laughs> pig food? The father, the father didn't eat the pig food. It was the boy. Because he didn't want to be accountable. He took his journey to a far country. Out of coverage area. When you call his phone, out of coverage. You turn your phone off because you don't want me to talk about that matter. Oh, I will stop. I won't call you again. I'll be sad. But pig food, if you go chop up. Yeah. Accountability. And a church gives you a place. A church gives you a place to be accountable. And you need accountability in your life. Whom he loves, he chastises. Don't live a life whereby you are not accountable to anybody. Anything that is not, you, once you are not, you are, you are wayward and bastard. God requires that we be accountable. That is the reason why we married you in church. Once I marry you in church, you are accountable to the church. So I can say that, listen to me, the way you are treating your husband is not good. I have the right. I have the right. If I married you, I have the right to tell you that, listen to me, it's been a while since you give your husband hot sex. I have the right. I'm preaching. Because I married you. And if I have the right to say that the way you are denying your husband sex is not good. It's not good. Make up to him. They're looking at me. You have the right. You are accountable. I can call you. Now listen to me. If I, if I married you and I said what God has put together, no man has put, and you said amen, 
Don't you think I have the right to say that it's a long time since you bought a gift for your wife? So I have the right to say, Kofi, this Christmas, buy a gift for your wife. right. Don't think I have the right. I have the right. That is a, it's been a while since you, you, you bought something nice for your wife. And that the way you are treating your wife is not good. Accountability. Yeah. I have the right to say that Junior, it's been a while. It's been a while since you took Christina on vacation. <laughs> Not what? Not Washington. It's been a while. Christina said that flesh and blood has not revealed this one to you. <laughs> it's been a while. Accountability. I have the right to tell you that. Yeah. Accountability. I have the right to say that the way your home is, is not right. You cannot marry a, your wife and bring all sorts of external people in the house. It's not right. I have the right. Accountability. Because if you don't want to be accountable, it's, it's bastards. Who don't like accountability? Yeah. It gives you a place. Of accountability. And look, the way you are behaving is not good. Yeah. I have the right to tell you that look, your wife is getting pregnant too often. I have the right. <laughs> I'm preaching. And therefore, let this be the last one. Blush. I saw you getting blushed. Yeah. Accountability. I have the right to tell you that I don't matter. I have the right that what was the last time you cooked for your wife to husband to eat? Every food your husband is eating, somebody has cooked it. I'm preaching. Don't look at me that I'm preaching to you. I have the right. Every food, every time you are just, I mean, every time you are bringing food from outside to your husband, when will you sit down and cook? I'm preaching. When was the last time? You yourself decided that today I am making something special for my husband. the right. A place of accountability. Hmm. The church is quiet, but I have the right. I said the church, but I have the right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said, even the boiled egg is from outside. Ha! 
boiled egg is from outside. It's a place of accountability. It's a place of accountability. Okay? Because it's only prodigal and wayward people who don't want accountability. Yeah. That's what it is. A church gives you a place. Look. One, 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 one guy left the church. Not here. A church somewhere. And they told me. I won't come to the church again. And I said, I know why. I said, why? I said, because he does, he, he, he wants to live a free life of not being accountable. And in the church, he somehow, every time he comes, I point, because this is a guy who wants to assume I'm the head. And I said, headship, I told the guy, point blank, headship comes with responsibility. I looked at him eyeball to eyeball and I said, headship comes with responsibility. You don't want to work, you don't want to do anything, you want to control the woman's money. And they come and say that she's not submissive. At the point she left our church, he says our church, we encourage the woman to rebel. I said, we don't encourage the woman to rebel. We teach them the word of God. <laughs> Guidance. That's what's wrong. So, look. They are guidance. I told, I, told, I told the guy that, look, you. And I, later on, I heard that's what she was saying. That, that I encourage, uh, 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 I, we encourage the wife to rebel. And because of what we preach, the wife does not respect him. I said, hey, rather, you should thank God for the church. You should have kicked that long ago. Yeah. I have the right. I married you. I have the right to speak that what you are doing is not good. I have the right to tell you that you are a lazy man. Yeah. Whom he loves, he chastises. It's only rebel. That guy, every time I think of this, he's a typical rebel. Because rebels don't like correction. They don't like guidance. See, that thing that you don't want anybody to correct you. One of the best things that can, the prodigal son, eh? The, pro, see, the prodigal son, that story. You see, he left with half the father's wealth. He left with half the father's wealth, but zero of the father's instructions and the father's wisdom. So you, you, can, you, you can live with half the father's wealth, but if you don't have the father's wisdom, it's only a matter of time. Everything will come down. Yeah. That is why you should not despise. So don't despise correction. Don't despise accountability. Look, for somebody to cancel you that treat your wife this way is an onapus. You wish. Do you know how many people will pay for good counsel? Oh yeah. You are blessed. When you have someone who gives you a godly counsel about your life, where to live, where to go, what to do, who to marry, from the word of God, it's a blessing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Church. Benefits. 
of belonging to the church. Hallelujah. May you never close your ears to correction, to advice, to counsel. There's a scripture that says that with good counsel or with good advice, wage war. Don't go to battle without good advice. With good counsel. With good counsel. With good counsel. As you are going to confront that situation, has somebody counseled you? May your yes be open to counsel. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I give you full control. Full control. Wherever you may lead, I will follow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I have made a choice to listen for your voice. Oh, Holy Spirit. Wherever you may lead, I will Shepherd of my soul. I give you full control. Oh, with good counsel. Wherever you may With good counsel, you wage war. Going for an interview, you need counsel and prayer. Going for a job, you need counsel and prayer. Marriage, counsel and prayer. School, counsel and prayer. Thank you, Lord. Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me. Be it in the quiet. Oh, Jesus, oh God. Oh, by a gentle stream. Oh, Holy Spirit. The shepherd of my soul is by my side. Oh, sing it. Should I place a mighty mountain? Oh, Jesus. Not despise good counsel, oh God. Shepherd of my soul. Oh, may you enjoy I church, family. I give you full oh, thank you, Lord. With your holiness. May you not be lonely. May you depression, oh God. I will thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I have made a choice to listen for. Good counsel, wage war. May our life not be wasted. Oh, Jesus. The shepherd. Father, we thank you 
this afternoon. Father, as you have brought us to this church family, may we enjoy this family. May our life be rich by this family. And Father, may this family be a cure for loneliness. May it be a cure for loneliness. May it be a cure for depression. May it be a cure for anxiety. As we come to your church family, let loneliness be cured. Let depression be cured. Father, let none suffer by themselves alone. And Father, the gifts and the talents that are in us. The Bible says, a man's gift make room for him. I pray for our gifts to come through. I pray for our talents to come through. May what you have deposited in us when you created us, may it come through. And Father, may it cause us to stand before kings. Father, let no talent here be hidden. Let no gift here be hidden. For you said, you gave gifts unto men. May our gift shine abroad. May it make room for us. May it cause us to stand before kings. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The shepherd of my soul will be my God. With every head closed and every head bowed, this afternoon you are here, you are not born again. Every day we preach, we give you an altar call. Because it is a blessing. There is room at the cross for you. For the Bible said, what shall it profit a man? Listen, you need guidance. You need somebody to shepherd you. And your shepherding begins by giving your life to Christ. Life without Christ is too difficult. It's too difficult. What shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his soul. The main reason why God sent his son to die for us is for salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So please, I beseech you by the mercies of God this afternoon that if you are not born again, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You have not confessed openly. You want to be a Christian. You want to be a Christian, I tell you. You want to be saved. You want to be born again. Not a church goer. You want to be born again. Then please, for a brief moment. You see, this is so important to me. Because I know how hell is. And I know how heaven is. And you don't want to go to hell. You don't. No, no, you don't. You don't. You, don't. you can't joke with it. It's not a joke at all. You can joke with a lot of things. But I cannot joke with your salvation. So with every eye closed and every head bowed. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Please. Lift up your hand. I always say, lift up your hand. Don't assume salvation. Make sure. Father, make sure. Make sure. Make no assumption. Make no assumptions. That is one thing you cannot assume. And it's an individual decision. It's not a decision you take with somebody. So you must personally, personally decide that I want to be born again. I don't care who's on my left. I don't care who's on my right. I want to get it right. I want to get it right with God. I want to get it right with God. Please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. Salvation. 
Salvation. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. I want to get it right with God. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for salvation. Let nobody here under the sound of my voice perish and go to hell. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapesandpublications at yahoo.com.